Aloha. It is so good to be home with you. This is I, my, my family, my blood family is in Northern California, but this feels like my, my home. It's, it's really cool and I really like it a lot. So it's really a full circle moment for me to be able to be here because I came in and the Croc Center was the first experience that I had with the Salvation Army. I thought it was a thrift store, as most of you did too. And so it was my first experience. And so really fun being able to come back because whether you know me particularly or not, I am actually your cadet. And I'm at school representing you. So when I am asked in the Salvation Army world, where am I from? I say, I was born in Northern California, but I was sent from the Hawaii Croc Center. So you guys are who I represent. And so I thank you for all your support. It was great. Well, today I'm very grateful. You guys have been going through a series on the Beatitudes. And last week you had one. And this week, um, the majors have graciously allowed me to do a, something a little different to tell my story and the message that I have for you today from the Lord. But I did want to take a moment and just pause, just for the verse that was going to be today's message, because I think it's important just to take a moment. Um, it would have been Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. We're going through the Beatitudes. Blessed are the, blessed are the, it's Jesus on the mount. And so this week would have been, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And even if you're not mourning yourself, I know that in a group like this, we have people who are mourning and who are in pain or have had things happen with them. And you just may be an internal that you haven't told anybody else. And we know a family who have lost family members this week, and so they're in mourning. And many of you may have been very fearful of the hurricanes coming. I was on a plane from Alaska last Monday for my summer assignment coming here, and that's when I heard about the hurricane. I'm like, okay, vacation, let's do it. And so we just came on. Um, but the main thing is, is that both to acknowledge the mourning, but also the mourning that Jesus kept us from this weekend, that um, we could have been mourning a lot more this week, but because God did miracles and he moved things, he's been protecting us. He's been protecting the islands for a long time. And even in disaster, even in dark times, we trust his goodness, but we're also thankful that he moved them. So let's just pray for a second, just over the spirit of mourning, anyone who's mourning, because it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. God is our comforter. So let's just take a moment with this before I get started. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much that you are the God who knows us each individually and you know what's on the hearts of everyone here. God, for those who are mourning today, we pray your comfort. We thank you, God, that you kept us from a hurricane this weekend. And that your hand continues to be on these islands because these are your people. We trust your goodness at all times, in the good times and in the bad. And we pray your comfort over all of us today. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Now, I've asked, before I get started, I've asked a couple people, some leaders, to come on up and help me. You guys can start getting ready. We're going to just do a little bit of an exercise before we get started. And this may not make sense, but at the end, it's setting us up for success. 
so that we understand it a little bit more once we get into it. And so my leaders come, come on up. And again, um, I'm at the training school for officers. So in the Western Territory, that school is in the LA area, which is Rancho Palos Verdes. And so I have 10 more months until I am a full-time officer. I'm almost, I'm more than halfway through. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we had a little practice in the first service about this. We'll see how they do. So team, so everyone needs to grab onto the hoop. Okay, so everybody grabs on. And what we're going to do is you guys can select a collar, okay? And that collar can say one, two, three, go. And the point of this is for them to work as a team to all pull on their hoop and to get the ball that's in the middle as high up into the air as it can go. But it needs to land back down on here. So guys, go high. Don't hold back, okay? But the problem is, is that if they pull not together or a little off, that ball could go flying. So don't hit our beautiful Ohana. Keep it on the parachute, okay? So let's go ahead and try. So whenever you're ready, choose a collar and go ahead. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> so I know, I know if you're a kid in the audience, you want to play with that. We'll come to the Croc Center. Maybe you can someday. <laughs> Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. There's a beautiful thing that happens when we pull together. When we grab hold and we work as a team. We can accomplish amazing, if not impossible things, when we come together and pull as a team. Again, it's such a blessing being here and it warms my heart. I grew up, again, in Northern California um, to a Christian family. My parents are pastors in another denomination and I went to college because I knew I was called to ministry and so I was going to go get ready for that. And then in college, I fell in love with missions. I'm like, I love missions. I want to go be a missionary. And then through a series of miracles, if you want to know, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story after church. But really what happened was God set me up in a set of miracles um, where only, it was only him leading, and I knew it, to bring me to Hawaii, to the Salvation Army, to a church I didn't know, to an island I'd never been to before, to work with people and live with people that I just met, just because God had a plan. And he worked, and he moved. And so coming back here today and being able to speak to you is so full circle. It's so beautiful. And um, it means so much, especially to those who have seen me from the beginning and have walked me through this journey. So even if you don't know me, yeah, I'm your cadet. And I want to thank you guys for sending me. And thank you for supporting me. And even if you didn't know me before, I'm yours. And I represent you. And so, just really excited to be here today. So, in the Bible, there's a really cool passage, and we're going to be there today. And go ahead and go to it now if you have your Bibles. I'm not going to read it yet, but you can go ahead and put your finger in it. It's Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Today, we're going to be call, talking about the fact that God has called us to all pull together as a team, but to do it 
in the very unique way that he has created each of us. And he has called all of us and gifted each of us. I am committed to doing my part for the kingdom of God. I know that my calling is to be a Salvation Army officer. And how I know that is because of the church body where I served the church and I pursued God and through prayer and through counsel and through people who also know God and can confirm his will in my life, I was able to come to a firm understanding that I'm called to this, that I'm called to officership. But each one of us, every single one of us is called. We all have gifts and we all have callings. And what's important is that we move into those because there's something really special about my gift that only I can give and only I can do. And there's something special about your gift that's special and only you can give and people need. And it's not just about serving, but it's also a fact about the fact that you find fulfillment and joy when you move into what God has created for you to do. This church and this body of believers was instrumental in helping me to find my calling and to develop my gifts. And so you may be here for the first time, but this church is a safe place. And God has created us to be in relationship. It says, do not forsake the fellowship of believers. The Bible says you're supposed to be in fellowship with believers because God knew how he created us and that we were meant to know him and to live with him and with our brothers and sisters in relationship. And that's where maturity and unity and wholeness comes and where we can do the impossible all together. You have a calling just like me. The Bible mentions many gifts in the Bible, it says administration and discernment and faith and all kinds. But we're going to read this passage right now. It's Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to come back to it a couple times. And this passage is written by the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, a Pharisee of Pharisees, who Jesus got a hold of. And he became a leader in the early church and a missionary. My heart. And he wrote this to the church in Ephesus. And he says this, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, and I'll be reading from the NIV. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Each one of us is called, each one of us has spiritual gifts from God to us, for us to both enjoy and to give. When I was in college, before I knew the Salvation Army, I went on a missions trip. And before I left, I was at my parents' home church, and one of my, I was in my 20s, early 20s by this time, but there was a lady, and her name was Irma, and she used to be my Sunday school teacher. And she came up to me, 
and she handed me a card. And in it was a gift, a financial gift to help with my trip. And Irma and her husband are farmers, and they're, they're careful with their money. They don't have a lot of it. And so I knew that the gift was very precious. And so she gave me this card and a gift, and I still have the card because it was really meaningful to me. Because part of the thing that it said in there was, thank you for going for us. And her words got me. And I've carried them ever since because it was the, really the first time that I understood that I belong to the body of Christ. And that my calling and my giftings and even my successes in life and, and in ministry are not just mine. They're yours as well. When I go off on my summer assignment to Alaska and get to do ministry for people, that's not just mine. It's about all of us. And now I get to go for you. And that's very humbling to me. That I'm connected to the body of Christ in a way that I don't fully understand. But it's how God created it to be. And it can bless my heart and bless yours when we truly understand this interconnectedness of the church. That it's not just about me. Me finding my gift and my call is not just about me but it's about the church as a whole. And here in Hawaii, I think that the culture really helps out because we're about family. We're about ohana. We're about community. When I came to Hawaii, I was literally basically adopted into families. And it's important that we're connected. We all understand the fact that we need a support system, that that's how we've been created. And that's why God calls us to be the church not just to be alone. When I went through college, I had a time where I was like, I'd rather be a monk, be up on the mountain by myself, because this church thing kind of hurts, because sometimes I have a bad day and I hurt other people, or they have a bad day and they hurt me. And it's really painful sometimes. And so I'm like, I was convinced. I'm like, I'm just going to go be a rogue missionary. I'm just going to go off into the jungle by myself. No other Christians, I'll make Christians, but they won't hurt me because they'll be my people. Yeah, well, God sent me to the jungle, but with a lot of people. And so I had to learn that this church thing, especially since I'm obviously called to it, is God's plan. And even if it's hard sometimes, we still need to keep a hold of it. We still need to be involved in it and to be the body of Christ. Again, this... This chapter, Ephesians 4, is all about Christian unity. My heading in my Bible for this section says Christian unity and maturity. And it's amazing to me that in a section where Paul is talking to a church about unity, he points out different gifts. He says apostles, teachers, evangelists. He mentions all these different kinds when he's talking about unity. Because I don't know about you, but I've grown up in the church and there's almost in the back of my head a Christian model of exactly what I think I should do and be like and look like. And I want to kind of conform to that. And even though we're all called to follow the Bible, submit and be obedient to God, he's made us to all look different. And in that, 
is unity. It's amazing. I don't even know how to completely put it into words. We have all these different parts. I'm a left hand, and I want to do left hand things, and I have passion and calling for left hand things. And this right side of the body, the body of Christ, I don't want to do that stuff. And I don't have the gift for that stuff. And so when I see people who are completely different than me, at first I'm like, you're not doing things right. You should do them like me. But then I'm like, no, they're supposed to do their thing. Because I don't want to do that. I'm so glad they're gifted in that because I'm not called to it. In this whole section on unity and maturity and the wholeness of the body of Christ, he says, you're different. You're different. You're called to this. You're called to that. And in that, when we come together, it's about unity. Where all the things that are needed get met by the different hands, the different fingers, the different feet. All this kind of stuff. Super cool. He's pointing out our uniqueness. He's pointing out our hoop. We had the leaders come up. They all grabbed onto their hoop, right? We each have a calling. We each have a gift or several gifts. And some we might not even know yet about. But we're all called to find our hoop and to grab tightly and to not let go and to pull. To pull together. Because God knew how he created us. And so this verse is only a little section about what this Christian unity and body of Christ thing really means. And it means that when I grab on to my hoop and I pull, listening with the others to my caller who says, one, two, three, jump. We can do amazing things together. And we can accomplish the impossible. This summer, I was sent to Alaska. Can I have the Alaska slide up? I was sent to Fairbanks, Alaska. It's right in the middle. It's the farthest one. In the Western Territory in the Salvation Army, which is the 13 westernmost states, this is the farthest north you can get. And I'm island, right? And so they tell me I'm going to Alaska. And I'm like, okay. Okay, smile, I'm going, I'll go. But then I find everybody I can who's ever been to Alaska, and I'm like, so, so, what if I do if there's a bear? Like, legitimately, I'm afraid of bears. <laughs> so, I'm like, what do I do? And then I get there, and they're like, well, you need to worry about the moose more than the bears. And I'm like, the moose? And so, like, I'm in Alaska all summer, and it was an adventure, and I'm not a wilderness girl, but I'm going to do what God calls me to do. And so I'm there, and we took kids to camp. We had to drive six and a half hours through the wilderness to take children to camp, to drop them off and come back. And there's road construction, and it's raining, and there's mountains, and I'm like, where's the restroom? And it's just crazy. And you always see these moose, and they're big. And, but thank Jesus, I did not see any bears this summer. Next slide. I didn't see any bears. I did see moose, and I tasted moose. At our fir 
first potluck, they brought in this bowl of stew. And you know, I understand when you go to a new place, you do not insult the cook. You eat what they put in front of you. And so they brought this stew in, and I'm like, yeah, stew, I'd totally do that. And they're like, it's moose. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> bring it on. And so had the moose, next slide. And I met a lot of amazing people. I also ate, um, woohoo, first, first potluck. First potluck wasn't so good. Second one was better. But the first one, they had um, these little squares, and it was muktuk, which is the blubber of a whale. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'll do what I'm told to do. So I tried it, but that's about it. No, no. If you don't have to, I'd suggest against it. But... <laughs> it's okay. It's good. And one of the things I got to go into, now it was summertime, so it was still cold for me, but I wasn't there during the winter, so I was really happy. But one of the things that I got to do, which was really exciting, next slide, please, is, oh, I forgot. The top picture is, um, I'm by Mount McKinley, which is the highest peak in the North America, and it's like the third or fourth largest in the world. And so it's a really one. But the natives, the locals, um, clans call it Denali. And so Mount, Mount McKinley is its general name. So next slide. I was able to go to, so I told you I love missions, but I love culture. And so they had this commercial for the Eskimo Olympics. And I'm like, yes, I am going to the Eskimo Olympics. That sounds so cool. And so Eskimos from all over Alaska come together and do their native games do their competitions, their dances, different things like that. And so I got there, and it felt so local because they were late. It was great. Like, they, I was like, I've been with people on time. I don't know what to do. And so, like, they, they had this cool dance going on, and they were respecting the elders. It went long. Nobody cared, and everything just went a little bit later, and it was great. And so they have all these kinds. Next slide. They have all these kinds of different things. And it was really beautiful walking through and seeing their handicrafts, um, all the things that they make, um, their native crafts, and to be able to talk with people. If you're really going to say hello to a native in Alaska, it's going to be at least 20 minutes hello. You're going to talk. You're going to have a good time. Next slide. And one of the coolest things that I saw all summer was this blanket toss. And what it is is this blanket made from the hide of a walrus. And on the sides of it, they make these hoops. But this one's out of rope. So they have these hoops. And so it's a competition, so they're going to have athletes. But what they need is they need help to pull in order to make this possible. And so what they did, next slide. What they did was... About 20 guys had been pre-selected. And this was the men's night, so they mostly invited men, but some women came down. The women was the night before. And so they came down, and I don't know if you can see him. He's the tall African-American guy with the towel around his neck. Couldn't get a front picture of him. But what he did was he came down there, and he was one of the first ones, right? And so he's down there with everybody. And he walks around the stadium like this. And he's, like, all tough and stuff. And he, he was trying to get people to come down and help pull because they needed audience participation. So they needed people to become able to come, will, willingly able to come down and help pull so that they could have the competition. And so he'd go there and he'd be like 
all tough. He'd be like, you, come down here. And so he'd just stare at them until they came down. Or until the people around them said, go already. He won't stop staring. And so they're bringing all these people down. So he went to the next one, you, come down. And so he got like 50 people to come down. And I was like, that's just like our pastors. That's just like our pastors. They look out into the crowd and go, you, get down here. And they'll stare at you until you come. And I'm like, that's so like the pastors. It's so cool. And so they get everybody down. And then everybody grabs a hoop. And then they start to practice. Practice pulling together. Practice pulling as a team. And so they start to pull. And just a little at first, just to play around with it, try to figure out how it works. And as they get louder, it almost sounds like a drum beat. Because it hits just this rhythmic hitting. And then they stop, and they have a caller. And he's in charge of saying, one, two, three, pull in Eskimo. You could still follow along, even if you only knew English. Listen to our passage again. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, all the gifts he's naming, that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is the picture I get when I read this passage. When I saw the blanket toss, I'm like, that's mine. That's mine for life. I'm going to preach it all the time. So you guys get the first one. But I'm just like, this is so cool. This is totally a picture for me of the body of Christ. And how this blanket toss originated was that the Eskimos were whale hunters. And so what they would do is they would go out to the edge of the water because they want to find their prize, right? But they couldn't see very well, so they needed to toss somebody up high. So they took their blanket, and they put their athlete up on it, and they tossed him up high in the air so that he could look out and scan the horizon till he saw their prize. When you and I find our hoop, we find our niche, we find our calling, and we grab hold tight, and we don't let go. When I find my calling, and I grab on, I'm like, I'm staying here. This is my post. This is what I'm called to do. I'm standing here. And when Thomas finds his hoop right next to me and grabs hold tight of his, and he's not going to move, right? And when Tercy finds her hoop and grabs hold tight, and when we all listen to our caller, God, and we pull together, we can accomplish the impossible. It is amazing to me that the Eskimos could catch a whale. Oh my goodness. 
the baleen whale, which is one of the ones that they catch, can be up to 400,000 pounds. Now that's in the lower regions. It's probably a little smaller when it's in the colder area. A huge whale. The Eskimos would catch him. But first, they had to pull together. They had to work together as a team to throw their athlete up so that he could see them. And once he saw their prize, their impossible, they made that possible. They fed their family. They took care of everything. That was their prize. That was what they were looking for. This experience will forever be etched in my mind when I think about the church and about my place in it. And when I have hard days and I decide that I kind of want to let go of this, this picture is going to help me hang on. Because it's not just about me. And I'm not pulling alone. And because I trust my God, that he says, this one's yours. Hold on. I'm going to trust you to do the same. Because if I just trust in the person next to me, and they decide to let go, my world could be rocked, right? When somebody that we think is stable lets go, you're like, they can't do it, I can't do it, right? But in this whole process, yeah, you got to trust the people next to you. But most importantly, trust your collar and stay at your hoop and don't let go. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 5 and 6, way back at the beginning, when all the people in the world were in one area and they all spoke the same language, they started to build a tower. It was called the Tower of Babel. If you've grown up in Sunday school, you've seen the flanographs or pictures of the Tower of Babel. And they were in disobedience towards God. And so this is what it says. It says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. And so God confused their language so they could not understand each other or work together as one. God designed humankind so that when we work together, we can accomplish the impossible. It says it right there. God knew he knew that they were working in disobedience as one against God. And so in his grace to protect them, he confused them so that they couldn't speak the same language, so they weren't one people, so that they couldn't accomplish the impossible. Because in this instance, the impossible was rebellion towards God. And so in his grace, he confused them so that they couldn't accomplish what was in their hearts to do. And I'm not just talking about one language as in, English or Hawaiian or Samoan. But I'm talking a one language where people get it. They speak the same language. They're pulling on the same blanket. But what if, instead of disobedience, we all spoke the same language? If we all pulled together as one church, 
says they can accomplish the impossible. We have a lot of impossible things in our world. On this island and beyond it. We have a lot of impossible things in our own lives, in the lives of those we love, and in the community. And we all know what those are. We have people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. We have marriages that can't stay together. We have children who are homeless and who don't have a good covering. We have abuse and we have pain and we have suffering. And we have people who don't understand how a God who's so good could allow so much junk to happen. We have impossible situations. And God says, pull. He says, find your hoop. I have given a gift to each one of you. And if you don't know what it is, that's okay. This church is a safe place. The people of God is a safe place. And it's a place where we can find our hoop. If you know what it is, that's great. We can all still learn. But when we find our hoop and we grab hold and we pull and our athlete flies up in the air and scans our horizon to see our impossible and then we say as a team, that one's ours. And we go do it. We can accomplish the impossible through God, in obedience, with him backing us as the church of God. It's beautiful. In this whole passage where Paul is talking about unity and maturity, he says you're all different, but you're all the body of Christ. So come together and pull together, and you'll come to wholeness. You'll come to maturity, and you'll come to the fullness of what Christ wanted for you as an individual and for us as a body of Christ. Beautiful thing. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come up. The commentator A.T. Robertson wrote about this passage, Ephesians 4. It said, this is the ultimate goal in all these varied gifts, a building up of the church. This word that's used for building up is also like a mending, where it brings people together and mends it, builds it up. This is what all the different gifts are about. But the thing of it is, is that even though it's not all about me and not all about you, it's about us, it's also about me individually with God, finding my calling and my gift. <laughs> 